0: I'm Mary Beth and this is my mom.
1: Hi, I'm Katie. For practical motherly wisdom, I don't know. Ask my mom.
0: Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. I've got my mom here and we wanted to talk about her background and her upbringing and what has shaped her and influenced her because So much of what this podcast is about is her knowledge and wisdom that she's gained throughout her life. So I figure you should probably know a little bit more about the life she's
1: lived. Yes. So as I sit here today, I'm 65 years old and looking back on my life, I understand a lot of things that happened to me growing up a whole lot more than I did um, as it was happening. Hmm. So, I grew up in a family with um, a lot of children. My parents took care of foster children. Oh, how many? Oh, I think altogether there were more than 20 different children that were in and out of our home over the years that they were foster parents. Hmm. Um, There was uh, one young boy that lived with us for quite a long time. Yeah. He and his sisters, and his sisters were adopted, and he was not And then, so he was one consistent brother, and then others were in for maybe just a month or two or... How old uh, were you? um, Well, they started this when I was an infant. So I was under a year old when they started. So all of my memory uh, was of early childhood. There were several children in the house.
0: Wow, was that hard because they would
1: come and go? It was difficult from the fact that Yes, kids came in and left, and I never really understood why they came and why they left. And because it wasn't the typical mom gets pregnant and there's a new baby in the house. Although that did happen once uh, while I was, when I was about four and a half, she did get pregnant and had uh, my little brother, Mike. And uh, a social worker brought children, and a social worker took children away. Oh, and my goodness! I never really knew when they were coming, but I knew when they were leaving because they usually got some new clothes. Mm. And that particular day, they had a bath on a day that wasn't Saturday.
0: Because back then,
1: we just had usually baths once a week. Uh, I guess unless we got extra filthy, maybe we got another one thrown in there. Um, But they would uh, get a suitcase and have clothes packed in their suitcase and be all dressed up nice like they were going to church. But a woman would come and take them away. Wow. So this was the kid that got adopted. Or, yes, either got adopted, or maybe they just didn't fit with our family very well. A few times we had kids that were just too violent, and they would uh, leave. So you had how many brothers or sisters? Well. um, That were real, that were bio. Bio, I had three brothers. Okay. Yeah, but we usually had seven, maybe nine kids in the house at a time. Wow, so your uh, mom didn't work during this time? She was correct. foster mom. Yes, she wow. didn't go to work until I was, oh, maybe five or six, seven, somewhere in there. She so did began. you know that you were your mom's, or did you no, think you I were going to get taken away? I thought I was going to get taken away. So I wow. that was a pretty scary thing to live through. And I remember in, um, in my third grade class, I remember good old Mrs. Ingram was my teacher and I remember another child in the class raised their hand and said why is uh I probably shouldn't say the name uh the why is this person and she would say the the question was the first and last name of the person and then the first and last name of another person and then my name and why are they all brothers and sisters, but they all have different last names? Oh. <laughs> and um, it was a good question for yeah. a third grader. And Mrs. Ingram explained uh, the foster uh, child program and how my parents were foster parents and took care of children temporarily. And that was my first recollection of being told because she also explained how I was my parents own child, but these other two children were not born to my parents. And so that was, that was the first time I ever heard that. And by the time you're in third grade, that's kind of late. late. That's very late to understand that you were born into that family and that you would always be with that family so, um, did you think if you
0: did something wrong as a kid that totally. you'd get taken away? Absolutely. That's so, so scary. So, anything
1: I did wrong, I definitely would try to hide it. Uh, nobody could know that I had a bad thought or wow. was any good stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, other than the fact that the first time I heard the gospel uh-huh. uh, presented to me in a way that I could respond, I knew that my heart was black and full of sin, and I wanted the blood of Jesus to wash wash me white as snow, and I wanted to be able to go to heaven when I died. So, um, So in that sense, wow. that was good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, so you, that was young elementary
1: school. So right, then when did your mom right. start working? Well, out? she started working, you know, I really don't know, sometime between the age of five and seven. Mm. She became a grocery checker and, and started working uh, at a grocery store in Southern California McCoy's Market, it was called. Oh, wow. Yeah. And your so dad was a... My dad was a fireman. fireman. Um, so, yeah, before he was a fireman, he worked in a machine shop, and somewhere around the time... That my mother went to work, my dad also became a fireman. Oh. So it was a big change, a big change for us financially, because mm. they had more money, and then dad was also home more, mm. because he would work for 24 hours and then be home for 24 hours. Was he
0: always good at making things?
1: Oh, always. Yeah. Always had a workshop in the garage. That's what I remember. He was yes. tinkering. Always tinkering, tinkering. in the garage.
0: But, like, professionally. Like, they weren't just ship little mod podged projects these right. were
1: highly finessed very delicate intricate right highly and skilled I, I always things. liked being out in the garage with him so i knew how to swing a hammer pretty early and i always had was putting something together and building something mm. so here is something interesting about my elementary age uh time yeah yeah so um first second grade maybe even in kindergarten they mm-hmm. tested the kids and you know you have all these standardized tests you take yeah and I was considered I was in the gifted group. Oh. and uh, this was 1960 kindergarten and there was a program across America mm-hmm. where they took a group of people group of children the highly gifted ones and yeah. decided to teach them whole language and teach them some other different ways than the standard way of teaching. Uh, instead of teaching phonics and you know one plus one equals two, mm-hmm. one plus one is 11, you know or I oh mean something goodness. different. Yeah. And uh, so we were put in I call them combination classes, where there were these 10 first graders when the rest of the, the other 20 in the class were in second grade, and with our little module of kids, we were never allowed to be in the classroom when phonics was taught. Hmm. And so we were taken out to another room and taught whole language, and I, it never clicked with me. Yeah. I was by the time I got to sixth grade, and they did this all through elementary school. Is that like sight reading? Sight reading, absolutely. Okay. So you don't sound
0: out a word like "cat," right? "At," yeah. Would just, I see had the no word idea.
1: I, yeah, you just had to memorize it. Oh, and wow. I, I was really good at memorization, yeah. um, but if I didn't know the word, if somebody hadn't taught me the word, I could not figure it out. And they always wanted you to be able to figure it out. Like they would give you a sentence with, maybe you knew half of the words and you were supposed to be able to figure out the rest. I couldn't oh, do that. Wow. Um, I guess they thought because I was highly gifted, I should have been able to. Did, um, that's
0: so weird. Like if you didn't know a word, like a big
1: four syllable word. Yeah. What was their strategy? I don't know. <laughs> That's terrible. I don't know. I don't know. But I was smart enough that I could listen well and catch on to a lot of things. And I was also very creative. Mm. Um Anyway, so I got through elementary school. It, you know, in sixth grade, when it was over, and they realized this program didn't work, they stopped the program that year and didn't put any more kids in it. Oh, wow. They could have taught us phonics in yeah. a couple weeks or yeah. less, but they didn't. Mm. And that hindered me all through my uh, schooling. Oh my goodness. Um, I learned how to be uh, a teacher's pet. This is interesting. I actually cheated my way through um, high school. What? Yeah, isn't that bad? Ah. I would become like the teacher's assistant and I knew where the answer keys to (laughs) things were. And I could look at a page, (laughs) this is horrible. I could look at a page, um, uh, the whole test And if it was true-false, I could memorize. I would just memorize all the false ones. Wow. Or if a lot of tests were true-false or multiple choice, and I could memorize the answers because I was always good at memorization. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, because I couldn't read the questions. Wow. But I could memorize, I could take a picture of or memorize the answers. Mm. And if it was a class where all you had to do was participate, I always did really well. So I either got like an A plus or a D. <laughs> <laughs> at a class. That's but,
0: interesting. I feel like you probably have a better memory and better your class particip- participation skills were even better because of the others that were either atrophying or like lacking, you had to overcompensate right. with yeah. good
1: memory. Yeah. I could not cut it in college because I couldn't mm. be teacher's pet. <laughs> 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 so um, I did take college courses. Um, I didn't graduate from i went to seattle pacific college now mm-hmm. at seattle pacific university i did not graduate from there but later i went to seattle midwifery school oh, <laughs> yes. skill based but by then i had also figured out how to read i when i learned how to read was when i was homeschooling i don't know if you remember the day that we got the phonics game oh i do yeah, yeah. it was like wasn't it on cassette tapes and we would like listen to it and um, then also read or well the the day that i remember is the day that I was teaching you, and it had the word sad, and yeah. there was the short sign under the A. Oh, yeah. And then there was made and mad. And I never knew how you knew if it was made or mad. How did you know that the E was silent? And as I was teaching you guys, wow. I just started bawling. Well, I remember that part. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, this is how people know how to pronounce a word. Oh, wow. I was probably 32 years old Mm. before I knew phonics, and I I still kind of struggle with
0: it. You do always ask how to spell a word. Yeah,
1: yeah. By the time I became an adult adult, I actually memorized enough words, um, but I, I can't pronounce names very well. If I don't know somebody's name, boy, that, that mm. just kind of... I mean, like a, a last name. Yeah. To pronounce a last name, I'm like lost. Man, everyone struggles with that. Okay. Do, that makes me feel good. <laughs> I read yes. my first book... Uh, my first year of college, first year of college in Seattle. Yeah, I read *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. Oof, that's a good one. Yeah, I couldn't re- uh, pronounce Eustace. That was a later on, <laughs> l- later book, or was he? It was Eustace in the first book. Uh, I think that was later on. Yeah, I think that was book yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Anyways, *The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was kind of an uh, an interesting caveat to my growing up because experience became my teacher
0: oh there you go
1: yeah I did not book learn I I learned by experience Um, it was an excellent seamstress I was pretty creative uh, I think I also have some dyslexia in there. I think that that's where some of my drawing issues come in. Like, I can draw. Like, if you're drawing a butterfly, I can draw sure. the right side really well, but not the left. Mm-hmm. So I draw the left side first, and then I can copy it really well. But if I draw <laughs> the right side first, I cannot copy it. <laughs> I can't get it. So, um, yeah. Interesting really growing up. really interesting
0: to connect those dots of how you did not gain knowledge in your childhood through reading and instead you gained it through experience and that as a foundation as a kid then going into adolescence and then as an adult I could see why that would really train you in how you learn to be someone who learns by doing and like I mean man I think of yeah, Everyone has different ways of learning. Whether right. they see things, they have to do it themselves, they have to, um, I don't know, like mm-hmm. Jesse, he's always got to, you tell him the burner is hot, and <laughs> he won't <laughs> believe you until he touches the burner. Yeah, how hot that is hot. that? <laughs> yeah, but then as a little sister, I would see that he touched the burning burner, and I wouldn't touch it. Right, but,
1: right. So, um, let's see, let's go back a little bit. Mom went to work early on, so we kind of raised ourselves as kids, but um, we had good grandparents. So, my mother's mother came two or three days a week. What was her name? Grandma? Grandma Spencer. Grandma Spencer. Okay. Yes, and she... Always cooked really good meals and washed all of our clothes. Did you have a favorite meal that she cooked? Oh, cook? fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, oh, fried chicken with mashed potatoes and gravy and green wow. beans, and then apple dumplings for dinner. Oh, that we always really good. had dessert. Always had dessert when Grandma cooked. Mm. Is she German? No, gosh, what was she? i don't know the other grandma was german mm. grandma eubank so grandma eubank taught me to bake oh uh, and what was something that she baked a lot
0: bread bread oh well your bread is just heavenly yes that with butter oh my yeah, goodness pretty good and stuff. jam mm. Woo. Okay, so go back. So, Grandma so Spencer. yeah, so
1: Grandma Spencer kind of raised us, in days that, that Mom wasn't there, we were pretty much, um, you know, latchkey kids. Um, I don't think they had such a name then, but you know, we what just what does that mean? Uh, latchkey that you? I guess that's a really good question. <laughs> I guess that meant that you had a key to get into your house. You let yourself into your house when you got home from school. Oh. and we pretty much just kind of ran the neighborhood but all the kids did back then you know as wow. long as you got home before dark or wow. you know when you were hungry that was okay yeah <laughs>
0: Wow. oh
1: man what a life so that grandma was. Spencer did she teach you a lot she did she taught me how to work hard she was a drill sergeant Mm-hmm. And sometimes I uh revert into grandma <laughs> you yeah, grandma. What Spencer, you, whatever Moe. do you mean, mom? <laughs> yes, I, I can real quickly become a drill sergeant. Get this job done. Get it done yes. now. Come on, hurry, hurry, the whip hurry, whip Has been cracked. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anybody that knows me knows I can can push the push the buttons there and those around me have to gently remind me to kind of calm down and we're not in a hurry and nobody's going to get in trouble if the work doesn't get done. Whereas I think as a child, I always felt that threat over me that if I didn't do it and get it done right, you know, there'd be consequences at the end of the day. Mm. So lots of corporal punishment in my uh, childhood, lots of, lots of bad memories there that we really don't need to to dig up and that definitely shaped me some too what's something else you remember about grandma spencer (sighs) grandma spencer well on saturdays i would go with her to church to prepare the communion trays oh (laughs) and we would also iron a lot on saturdays so um what do they call them? Heavy pressers? <laughs> fancy presser. Oh, a fancy presser. She was, she was a fancy presser, meaning that she pressed clothes for wealthy people, and she pressed clothes that were getting ready to be sold. Um, like, I think they had a lot more tailoring yeah. back then. Yeah. And then the clothes had to be pressed. And she had a, a big ironing machine that um, it's amazing to look at it and to think that she could iron a shirt on this big machine Mm -hmm. (laughs) type thing that she used and uh, i would iron handkerchiefs and men's underwear and a rickrack there was one, yes one of the one of the customers that she had must have been like a square dancer, oh, and she yeah. had these dresses with a great big round skirts, oh, and the my edges goodness. would have two or three rows of brick rack, and after it got washed, they would like all a curl up right, little... and so we had to. Uh, we had to sprinkle the dresses with water and roll them up and put them in the refrigerator so they were cold and then you would use a hot iron because we didn't have steam irons back then Mm. but the cold damp material would steam with the hot irons wow and she taught me how to iron she taught me how to clean how to wash dishes how to cook and peel potatoes and apples. <laughs> I peeled more potatoes and more apples in my lifetime than... Was that for the <laughs> apple dumplings? Yes, for the oh, apple dumplings. Okay. Yes, yeah. And what was that thing that happened in the earthquake? What? Oh, Tell me right. About that. Okay, so they always say that Grandma Spencer lost her sense of smell in the San Francisco earthquake. They said that she was so scared that it she lost her smell which I've heard that's a real thing yeah like if you get so
0: scared you can
1: right. like she lost it permanently though she lost it permanently which kind of affected her uh, her ability to cook because she really had to watch things more because a lot of times Mm. you would like you can smell something oh it's almost done but you know so we had to use timers I can remember that but Grandma Spencer was also known for her farts (laughs) (laughs) she had the smelliest farts in the whole world (laughs) And she couldn't smell them, and so she didn't try to hide them at the fact that she was partying. Like, you know, sometimes you could, like, go outside or go yeah. to another room and let it rip, yeah. but no. She would just let it rip, and, and it, they were usually, like, multi toned. But she could hear, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she could hear, but somehow she forgot how bad they smell. <laughs> And, and I was always right at the end, there'd be one more little toot as <laughs> she pushed it out. Wait, oh. would anyone react? Would be like, oh,
0: Grandma. yeah. Oh, of course we did. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. We're like, oh, everybody open the windows. Grandma's <laughs> farting. Or, I don't really know that we could say fart back then. We could wow. say she was passing gas. Or, oh,
0: but... my goodness.
1: Was she apologetic or no? She no, just owned no, oh, it. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was working too hard. She just like worked constantly. I don't think she ever took a break. <laughs> wow. Well,
0: I think you took that from her because yeah.
1: yeah, you definitely
0: there was a it lot. It takes to a do. lot. I think someone would have to chain you down to yeah. have you fully not be doing something. But right, right. Yeah. Wow. So so let's Grandma see. Spencer taught you a lot.
1: Anything right. about Grandma Eubank? Oh, she, You know what? Nobody loved me like my Grandma Eubank.
0: Hmm. She just. How did she make you feel loved?
1: Or how do you know that wow. she loved you? She just did. Um, it was just something you felt. Was so that how she looked at you? It just how she talked to me and she, she just cared about me. Maybe hmm. I got to talk to her.
0: Oh. You know, and
1: she was never in a hurry. So mm. she had MS, multiple oh. sclerosis, and she was in a wheelchair most of the time I knew her. Um, she could walk a little bit. She had a a cart we didn't have walkers then as they have now with the Mm. wheels on them but she had a like a tea cart and she would put whatever she was working with on it and then push that around the house and um if we were hanging up clothes because they didn't have a clothes dryer so we she'd wash them and then we'd take them out back and hang them on the clothesline, and she could kind of shuffle out there and um she never I, I never saw her walk without holding on to something or without some sort of aid. Oh, and so, I, you know, that's a really good point. She was just had the time.
0: Hmm. Do you remember if she talked to you like you were a kid, or did she talk to you differently than anyone else, or just listen? Or? I
1: think she she just listened and had time. Hmm. She was never in a hurry, and the other women in my life were in a hurry. Hmm. There was always something to do and something to be done. And, you know, when you're, hmm. when you're baking bread and you have to knead it for 10 or 12 minutes, and there's, that's just a time to just be, hmm. you know, and, and just talk. I, I don't specifically remember any of my conversations with her. Yeah. Um, that makes
0: me think of love languages. That yeah. Like, spending quality time, that's one of mine. Okay. With each other. Is that right. one of yours? No. No? <laughs> what uh, are yours? Service, service, service. Oh, yeah. Acts service. Yeah. Uh, what's the yeah. other ones? Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time. Did I miss one? I don't know. Yeah. What are your other ones? Do you have any uh, others? No. No? <laughs> Is that? Well, yeah. That says something that having time, giving time to people, listening to them, makes them feel important
1: yeah hmm yeah she's a pretty a special takeaway. lady pretty special lady did she live nearby she did well now i guess looking back on it as an adult yeah i was only like 20 30 minutes away but you know back then it was a a bus bus trip or a long drive in the car we felt like driving 30 minutes was a big deal
0: Hmm.
1: but the summer that i was 10 i spent with her Mm-hmm. And if I would come home, uh, often they would let me take the Greyhound bus, which was really? kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what area was this in California? Um, they lived in El Monte, oh, and at okay. that time we lived in Bellflower. Oh. So it wasn't that. It really wasn't that far. Wait. Of a so drive. as a little kid, you would take the Greyhound bus by yeah. yourself. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> As a ten-year-old with my little suitcase. Oh, your yeah. little
0: suitcase. <laughs> so- Yes. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Well, when they give you a nickel for a pickle and <laughs> Probably, you just yeah. ride the yeah. bus. Wow. Ride the bus and grandpa. And you like... knew when to get on and off. Yeah. And yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, in all the time that I spent in New York City, I remember seeing little kids hop on the subway. Oh. And it's just so scary when you've got all those people out there and yeah. to think that they'll make it where they need to go. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then one year I went on a road trip with them from uh southern california up to lincoln city oregon to oh. visit my grandma's brother oh. that was kind of fun that's pretty was special a, yeah it was a fun trip so yeah then uh later you know i finished out high school and then i came up to the seattle area to what go brought to, you up here um a guy oh. <laughs> best friend actually it, really i just wanted to get out of california yeah and that was a place to go. Mm-hmm. And so I was following um 18. Not quite yet. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I just I really wanted to get out of California and my parents signed loan papers for uh you know, student loans and oh, okay. I was like okay, I'll go. Later I had to pay those back. That <laughs> was a bummer. So where did you um, land? I landed in Seattle. I, I ended up on Queen Anne Hill. Really nice place. you drive place to or live. fly? Uh, f- probably drove up.
0: Oh, okay. But I, I
1: made the trip several different times. I've taken the train. I've driven. I've flown mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. So you anyway, got up here. so came up here. I was here for about three years, um, and probably just went to school for six months of that time.
0: Oh okay. So then, so you dropped out of school, like you mentioned. Right. What did
1: you do when you dropped out? Right. So I worked for the phone company. Oh, yeah. as? Uh, as a phone operator. Really? Yes. you remember what you would say? <laughs> yeah, well, I was a directory assistance operator, so... I so would I just... open, I pick up the phone and press zero, and then you would answer? Uh, it was like, was it 411 or some number that people oh. would dial to get phone numbers. Oh. And I would say, for what city... Uh-huh. And then and I had all these books I sat in a cubicle that was kind of U-shaped and you know Eastern Washington was in one area and yeah. you know so I'd be like area. Spokane and mm-hmm. then you'd say yeah. what? And I would say uh what's a person's last name? Jones. So then I would look I would flip the pages for Jones and ask the first name and then oh, tell no. you the phone
0: number. Oh my goodness. Did you ever just have conversations with these people? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you weren't supposed to. You were supposed to try to keep the call under 30 seconds. Oh. So if you could say something real quick, you could. Yeah. Um on holidays if i was working my parents would call up because there maybe only be three or four operators and they would call and ask oh. for like me or something ask for yeah i'm looking for the number four and then <gasps> they would and it was like oh mom hi and i did you have them. like a switcher board or like were you plugging no, in cables no we didn't have that it would just like come on just and, come yeah wow
0: yeah that's interesting okay so you did that and uh-huh. then anything any other jobs
1: Oh, I, I had so many jobs. Um, I worked in food service a lot. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, when I quit college, I still worked for the food service there. Mm-hmm. Um, the food service at Seattle Pacific was known for their excellent service. We had um, really expensive china and complete set of sterling silver um, serving dishes mm-hmm. and so uh, at the time Dixie Lee Ray was, I think that's her name was oh. the governor of the state and we would do her private dinners there Oh wow! Uh, when people would come uh, Cory ten Boone came to no speak way. yes she came to what? speak at the college and we served her wow. and I served head table um, so, I got wow. to actually serve her Yeah, what? I was yes, That's that amazing so cool. yes, it was fun. The men wore tuxedos, the gals we had long black dresses, and we were all fancy, wow. um, and we had absolutely amazing dinners um, during the summer when we worked. It would be a twelve hour day because we Set up the banquet area, we yeah. cooked all the food, then we'd go change and come back and be the servers, and wow. then we stayed and cleaned up everything. That reminds me of what I did during the summers when I was younger. Oh. Starting the year that I was 12, I began going to Camp Cedarcrest, uh-huh. which was um, a camp in. The mountains near Big Bear, oh, or near yeah. like Arrowhead, California, yeah, yeah. in a little town called Running Springs, mm-hmm. and our parents could send us there for the whole summer to work. Oh, so my brother's so this and your first I, job, my first job, yeah, oh. first paid job. Well, first paid job probably was my paper route, even earlier than that. But um, this was a job where I went away and stayed there, so. We lived there on the campgrounds, and Mm -hmm. it was up a high elevation. It was above 6,000 feet, and uh, men did a lot of maintenance, and the girls worked in, they call it in the coffee shop, but it was a thing kind of like a foster freeze Mm -hmm. that you would uh, think of right now. Is that where you got your love for coffee? (laughs) Actually, no. Um, I didn't really like drinking coffee until probably after I was married really yeah huh yeah i would drink a little bit before then but it it was later okay yeah Yeah. all right so you worked there right so i worked there and it was pretty pretty nice um to uh live up in the mountains up at this high elevation i remember the wind was always blowing and you could always hear this really peaceful noise of the wind blowing through Mm. uh, the trees. And I like the verse where it talks about the the trees will clap their hands. And Mm. it it just, I always felt like that's what was happening, that the trees, nature was praising God. And that is where um, up there at Camp Cedar Crest is where I had my place, which I call my peaceful place, which anytime anybody has tried to meditate or several times in your life they'll tell you to envision yourself like at the beach. Yeah, go to your happy place. Go to your happy place, right. So my happy place is there and there was a huge tree and it was probably at least eight feet um, wide. How do you say that? I mean, it was huge. So I would lean up against the tree And put my whole body against the tree. I wrap my arms back behind myself. One with the tree. (laughs) Yeah, I would be one with the tree. And after it would take a few minutes of just settling and like being one with nature and the ground and all. And I Mm. could feel the deep sway of the tree. Wow. And after a while, you could just you just felt like you were part of nature. And I felt like I was part of this tree praising God. Mm. And I probably never feel never felt closer to God. Than mm. right there in that spot, and I can be there in just a moment. Mm. In my eye, as I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm I'm there, mm. and I can just feel that. Um, it's it just there's something about the way a huge tree sways, yeah. and it's so slow and gentle, and yet so powerful.
0: Yeah, it, it's wow. a it's a
1: real dynamic part of. Hmm. my memory of being at camp Cedarcrest, real special time hmm. anyways that was like summers there's probably five or six summers mm-hmm. that i spent most of the time up there pretty pretty great um anyway so wow. I, I came up here to seattle yeah uh, where we currently live and uh, i joined a small little church on queen anne hill and met a nice couple there uh, Rex and Deanna Bell, really mm-hmm. special people, and uh, babysat for their family, spent holidays with their family, and uh, it was a, a good time in my life, yeah. and after a few years, I did move back to Southern California, oh, okay. and um, What shortly, brought you back there? Um, it, it was just, I don't know, time to time to move on, time to change. Yeah. Um, the things with a friend that I came up here to be with that didn't work out, and... Um, so there was really nothing holding me here. Got it. Um, and so went back. I think you always kind of go back home when Mm -hmm. you don't really have like the next jumping off thing to do. So I had gone back home and anyways, uh, got there and shortly after I got back to California, Deanna started telling me about this young man that was going to their church and said oh. that I should meet him. Yeah. She told me about him for two years wow. before I met him. Wow! And the way that we met actually is Rex and Deanna brought their children down to Disneyland yeah. and invited both Mark and I there. No way. Yeah. So they set oh. us up, blind date. We met on Main Street right in front of the ah. cannon. Wow. Met there at Disneyland and spent the entire day together. Yeah. And uh, by the end of the day, he asked for my uh, address. Oh. <laughs> and he, and he, two weeks later, I got a letter from him.
0: Wow. And uh, about
1: two months later, we were engaged.
0: No way! <laughs> Pretty fast. Wait, 2 months? So were you pen pals for a while? Did you know when you saw him? Like how Um, I
1: always call it love at second sight. <laughs> <laughs> what what the, was so special about the second? Uh the second day that we were together, uh we was that saw still love. at Disneyland? Uh no, no, no. We just saw each other that day. I heard from him a couple weeks later. Mm-hmm. And then he came down and visited me mm-hmm. oh so it was the third day we were together that he proposed we actually had spent 41 hours in each other's presence together
0: wow. before
1: we were engaged
0: ah, that's crazy is <laughs> it was, it was
1: pretty fast wow. so so he came down to see you and he did just... he came he was living in Visalia at the time and I was living in Montrose so it was about a three-hour drive and he drove down and spent the day there and I cooked for him. Oh, and that goes back to all my cooking and cooking at uh, at the college. Yeah. I I was really good at cooking and even better with the presentation oh, of food. It always nice. looked really well. Really, really good. So I um him. Do you remember what you made him? Oh yeah. In fact it was like it was right around Easter time, and I had yeah. planned a, a whole Easter meal with mm. ham and my famous strawberry jello. Oh. And green bean casserole. Oh, that
0: stuff is so yeah. good. Yeah,
1: and homemade rolls. Oh, my goodness. Homemade jam. Wow. Yeah, it, w- it was all pretty good. I don't remember the dessert we had. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It <laughs> was pretty good. So, so How yeah. you saw him then, and then how did you Right, and then his birthday was the next weekend or two. Okay, and yeah. And so... He actually paid for me to fly up to Visalia. Wow, um, that's nice. Small little plane, probably the smallest (laughs) plane I'd ever been in. And he had a friend, uh, an older woman that uh, he knew from his apartment building or something that I could stay with. So I stayed Mm. for a few days Mm -hmm. and we went hiking up in the Sierra Mountains. He could probably remember the name of the place. I don't. Was that Yosemite? No. No. It wasn't okay. But anyway, so we no, went hiking very, very for the long. day, and I remember all he brought to eat was a bag of oranges. Oh my goodness, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> but I spied on the way up there. I saw this really nice restaurant called oh. the White Horse Inn, oh. which was a really nice restaurant, probably yeah. the most expensive restaurant he had ever eaten at. Because ah! on the way after we left, coming, you know, I said, "Hey, I saw this really nice restaurant. I think we can stop and eat at." Yeah, and I, I could just see his eyes getting busy. <laughs> like i wonder what this is gonna cost me and it was over that meal we kind of just decided that we should get married huh we, we kind of it wasn't like he proposed or i proposed but it was like okay we know god has brought us together this is obviously a match made in heaven although deanna had been trying to match make us <laughs> for, for two years yeah um And it's like, okay, we probably should give ourselves like six months to get to know each other (laughs) and for this to work out. So we had decided to get married um, like the weekend after Thanksgiving. Okay. And his parents encouraged us to get married earlier because they felt like the weather was too bad that (laughs) late in the year. And we ended up getting married in October. We got married on my dad's birthday, October 17th. So 1981. So, you li- so did you live in different areas while you were engaged? We did. We lived three hours apart. So, wow. Uh, so some phone calls, I guess lots of phone calls, um, and they were more expensive back then. It was before wow, cell phones. long distance. Right. And it, maybe every other weekend, I would drive there and mm-hmm. stay with his friend, and then he had... Uh, there was a family in this in my area where he would stay. He'd come and stay for a couple days, and yeah, we did that wow. for the whole the whole time. Wow, lived far apart. And then we got married. I moved up to Visalia, and the two of us lived there for a few years and had a started our family.
0: Wow, Jesse and
1: Cameron were both born uh, there in Visalia. Mm-hmm. And during that time is when I started working as a labor coach. Oh, That's what we were called before we were called doulas. Mm-hmm. And then when Cameron was about a year old, we decided we wanted to move out of uh, that area and move up here to Seattle. Wow. So, what brought you to Seattle? Well, his family all lived here. Oh, And we didn't have any family in Visalia. My Mm. family was three hours away in Southern California, and we knew we did not want to raise a family in Southern California. Mm. So Seattle was the only other place that we had any ties to, Mm -hmm. and we knew Rex and Deanna up here. Oh, they were still up here. Okay. Right so uh we packed everything up in a u haul trailer and moved ourselves up here wow. without a job or anything and... how did you, you found a house right away and then... not right away we uh tad was really smart about that he he had us go to uh um, a real estate office and asked them if they had a home that was for sale that was empty yeah where they wanted someone to live and could pay a less amount of rent for so our first two homes Mm -hmm. we lived in both of them for nine months each and had a lot lot nicer and bigger home than we would normally have for about half the rent
0: oh wow and then the house that we're in right now—is that where you landed? This is
1: where we landed. Yes. Wow. Kelly, How many years ago was that? Well, Kelly was nine months old when we moved into this house. So like thirty-three
0: years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so wait. So you had Jesse and Cameron, then Kelly, mm-hmm. and then, then you, <laughs> and then Emily. <laughs> Emily. Yes. And during that time, you weren't working. Right. I was not working.
1: Um, Outside of and, the house. Yeah. But I think I've always had something going yeah where, with all the craft fairs. Uh, right. So and I didn't work professionally as a doula during that time. But I did support friends and family that were having babies and that type of thing. But nothing where I was making money at it. But we always were making things and selling them. Mm-hmm. We always had a little craft business. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. We started We at started the Kent Saturday Market probably before you were born. mm mm-hmm. Um, selling different things that we made, and we did that all the time. You guys were growing up. Oh yeah, so. I remember
0: always making some kind of jewelry or craft of some kind, but not just for fun. It was always to to, to sell, sell. <laughs> always to sell and make some profit. Thanks for tuning in this week to I Don't Know, Ask My Mom. We have so many more topics to unpack with you guys. Specific questions like, why does my baby not sleep through the night? Or how do I make changes? Or even what did my mom do to battle and defeat cancer? So many interesting things to unpack. And as always, please email us your questions this week if you can add into your email how many times I said, wow, the closest person is getting a special prize. All right. Have a great day.